Father, we worship you. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Have your way in this place. We are here to encounter you, Jesus. We are here to know you, Holy Spirit of the living God. We surrender everything to you. We ask for your insight, for your wisdom, for your transformation. May our lives never remain the same today. Father, every desires of our hearts, may your word answer to all of them today in the name of Jesus. We raise a standard of your authority, a standard of your grace in this place. We decree and we declare that no power of hell shall prevail over any life here from today in the name of Jesus. Father, show us your grace and your mercy. Let your presence flow in our lives like never before. Thank you, Father, for everything. In Jesus' matchless name we have prayed. Give Jesus a big hand as you see. for you today. I just, amen. You know, I'm, I'm always excited when I have to share the word of God. Um, permit my voice, I don't know what's going on. Um, it will pick up. Sunday will be another awesome message. I will try as much as possible. I will try as much as possible not to flow into Sunday. Because the danger of knowing a message is that it's already in your spirit. So you start speaking and then some of them start coming in. You know, you start releasing them. That at the end of the day, you start finding another message because you've already shared one. But there is something I want to speak to us about today that I believe we need to hear. Most especially to help us command results in our prayer life. To help us command results in our prayer life. How can I pray to get results? I need to be able to pray and get results. I always do say with you, you know, to you that prayer will become enjoyable so long results are obtained. If you pray today and you get results, you won't have a problem praying tomorrow. Once you are getting results 
You know, somebody asked me something. He said, why is it that you are doing so many things and you don't get tired? I said, because I'm seeing results. Why, why would I get tired when I'm seeing results? That business is succeeding. So why, why should I get tired? So results is an oil that provokes an activity to continue. If you don't get results, especially for a number of seasons, it is difficult for you to continue that way. Imagine going to school and after first semester you failed. Second semester you failed. The more you fail, the more you need serious encouragement to continue. Alright? So results helps you to keep a process going. So long you are seeing results, you will keep going. That does not mean that we move by results. But God also knows that results are keys to our continuity. That's why he said something. He said, you've not asked, but I tell you now, ask and you shall receive so that your joy may be full. So God understands the place of asking and receiving and the fullness of your joy. But before we get there, we need to understand how we can pray to command results. I want to get results. How can I pray? It's not pray. Prayer is limited. When prayer is not done within the principles of revelation, it will not mean anything for you to pray for five hours or six hours asking God of things that he has already given to you. You may come out of that prayer and the only thing you are saying is five hours prayer. Maybe the best results you will get out of that prayer is the way my voice is sounding now. After exercising your voice in the place of prayer, you lose, you know. That would be the, the best result you get. Why? Because you don't understand the ingredient that must be found in every prayer for you to be able to command a result. Or let me use a better word, to receive an answer. Now, before we go deep into this, I want to make some statements that for some of us here, it is not a challenge because you've been here for some time. 
And for some of us, it's going to be a challenge. There is a misconception about faith. Especially what faith does in our prayer life. Most people believe that you need to have faith to provoke God to give to you. That is a general understanding of the primary um, work of faith. Once you have faith and you pray, God will give you because God sees your faith. Another school of thought that has, you know, that they have made some deep study of the word of God also have come to realize that faith is not the reason why God gives. God gives because he loves. For God so loved the world that he gave. The reason he gave Jesus is because he loved. And he said if he gave him, how, why would he not with him also freely give us all things? Romans 8. Now, the reason God provides for you is not necessarily because you have faith. Your faith is not for God. Your faith is for you. Please, I want you to follow me. Your faith is not necessarily for God. Your faith is for you. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will not change his capacity because you lack faith or you have faith. The Bible says, even in our own unfaithfulness, he remained faithful because he cannot deny himself. Now, the question is, why must I have faith? Your faith is needed for you to receive what God has already given. I don't know if somebody's getting this. Your faith is there for you to receive what God has already given to you. That means when he hung on the cross, he gave you divine health. I hope you know that. When, um, you know, many times people just quote some things in the scriptures, they don't understand it. Let us quote, quote these scriptures very well. For God so loved the world that he what? Why did he give? That whoever shall receive. You see that? Whoever that believes will not perish but have. That means that God gave freely by love does not mean you will not perish. If you don't believe to receive, you will still perish. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. So you can see the equation there. The equation is right there looking at everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his best gift. He didn't need your faith to give his best gift. So what is money? That he will need faith to give you one. 
I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. If he gave you Jesus, I don't know if it's Romans 8, uh, yeah, 32. If he gave you Jesus by love, freely, uh, why will he now be saying, okay, <laughs> you're asking for house rent. Oh yeah, I need to see your faith now. No. Because nobody uh, went to heaven and said, see my faith now, send Jesus. Can't you see my faith now? It's, it's great. Now, send Jesus. He said, if he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not, what? With him also, what? Freely give us all things. That it is free does not mean it's accessible freely. You need to believe. Whoever that believe, that is, believe is a system of faith. Whoever that believes will not perish, but will have an everlasting life. So, the free gift has already been given. People go to hell not because Jesus did not die for them. They go to hell simply because they did not receive. Hmm? Are you getting that? Okay. And we're going to see that also in the scriptures. So, you need faith to receive what God has given already to you freely. And that's why it says Sunday service is going to be very powerful. Why? You will come to understand that. Ah, see me, I've started again. Ah, yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay, let me leave that. But people will come to understand that it is the blessings of God are in two dimensions. There is a dimension of his blessing that everybody here carries. He said, thanks be to God, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all, with all spiritual blessings. That means there is nobody here who is not a carrier of heavenly blessings. But not everybody knows how to transfer that blessing. So we are blessed in two dimensions. Ourselves and what we affect or what we touch or what concerns us. That you are blessed as a person does not automatically mean that the works of your hands will be blessed. And that's why we have believers who are struggling, yet they are blessed. Now, the question is, how can I move my spiritual blessings? Because the same way God said, I have blessed you spiritually, now that automatically means that everything you touch must prosper. It is the blessings of the Lord that make it rich. All right? So, that is God's equation. The same way people can go to Babalawo and say, hey, my business is not doing well. And they say, bring goat, bring chicken, bring this. And if they are really serious, bring, bring human being. And then they will shed blood and the blessing will come upon the man. And then from that moment, what is working on that man will begin to work in his business. 
Are you getting this? So, how do we actually move our blessings that Sunday? Because many people are struggling without really knowing how this can be done. Everything is in the scriptures. Let's get back to what we are talking about. So I don't go further. Why is faith important? Why is faith important? You know, when we call ourselves believers, we're actually saying we are people of faith. Because you can't believe except you have faith. Faith is so important that no matter what you do in this kingdom, if you don't have faith, there are certain results you will never see. If somebody is sleeping beside you, feel free. As led by the Spirit. A knock, a punch, feel free. Now, let's go to Hebrews 11. Let's go to Hebrews 11. How many of you here, you have faith? Because I don't want to start teaching before I, I ask that question. Because once I start teaching now and I ask that question, I believe no hands will rise here. How many of you have got faith? You believe you have faith? All right. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, friends. How many of you, you've been believing God for something you prayed and you've been believing God for some financial breakthrough. And hmm. please follow me today. You come to church and say to you, God will provide all your needs. You say amen. But then you, when you get home after a while, sadness steps in. Worry steps in. You keep wondering, how am I going to do this? And then, in the midst of your sadness, somebody comes to you and says, please, tomorrow, Meet me by 9.30 a.m. I have some money to give to you. And then suddenly, your joy level changes. One week ago when you heard God said he would do it, you did not have that level of joy. But when somebody, physical, said to you, I will do it. Suddenly, your joy changed. 
for the first time you were able to sleep. Because somebody made you a promise. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. But while God made you that promise, you never had that level of peace. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? You are believing God for money until your dad now calls you and says, the money is coming tomorrow. You now go and hug your friend. But since last week, God has been telling you he would do it. You never had that joy. Can we tell ourselves the truth? That sometimes we really don't have faith. Because faith is more than zeal. Faith is a response to what God has said. So can I say that if I made that promise and God made that promise, it is easier for you to believe me because I am reachable, touchable, feelable, callable. There is a phone number. There is an internet address. So it is easier for you to say, hmm, thank God though. Papa said he's going to give me this money. But why didn't you have the same joy, emotions, when God made that promise to you? Why? And naturally, we will say we have faith in God. Now, can I say this? Any faith that will not produce joy from within you, Count it all joy. Any faith that you claim you have that will not produce joy is a dead one. Very dead one. See, you see how everybody, you know people are happy here, right? By faith. Imagine somebody walks in here right now and said, nobody should pay their school fees. I'm paying everybody's school fees here. They will call it eruption of joy. <laughs> I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. There will be what? An eruption. But can I tell you the truth? If I say, Arabayataya, God is saying right now that he's going to pay everybody's school fees here. The best you will hear is, Amen. But nobody erupts in joy. Nobody dances and says, it is done. It is done. You see, the excitement is not there. That is to show the level of faith attached the word. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. This reality is a reality check. We claim we have faith. No. He said the word preached to them did not profit them because it was not met with faith to them that had it. It was not met with faith. When did we have faith? Yet people are depressed. Yet people are giving up. 
Yet people are discouraged. Why do we talk about faith? Yet people are giving up. If the promise of a man can make you erupt in joy, why is the promises of God that you say you believe what the word said? That is not erupting the same response from you. Why? Only you can answer that. Do you really believe and do you really have faith in God? Or is it just hope? I hope he will do what he said. So when, when the word comes, I'm going to change your situation in the next one week. You say amen. But that amen is not an expression of faith. It's an expression of hope. I hope he will do it. Do you believe? Yes, I believe. But nobody goes home saying it is done with joy. It is done. Let's be factual here. Let's be realistic here. Even when we talk about the parable of the sower and we said some word fell on the, on the, on the, on the ground and he said they received it with joy. Uh, we know they receive words with joy anymore. I spoke a word in Lefkosia and then after service one young lady came to me for counseling. He said, but sir, I'm not here for counseling. I'm here to rejoice. Because I know God has done it. God has done it, sir. I could see joy all over her. I said, did, they give, did you see any call? Why the message? He said, no, sir. But the way you spoke, I knew God spoke it. And I knew God has done it. And I could see joy. My dear, I knew this one will happen. Under 24 hours. She wrote me the next day. She said, I told you. I told you. Can I say this to somebody? How do you handle God's word given to you? And it's the same attitude we go to God in the place of prayer. Sadistic approach. sadistic approach. You wonder why prayer has become something that is not real anymore. Nobody can boldly say prayer works. Let's look at Hebrews 11 verse 6. Look, please, follow me. My, my intention is not to shock you. But be shocked anyways. I'm going to show you some things. He said, but what? Without faith, it is what? To do what? Ah, if God is saying it is impossible, it means what? It is impossible. It means prayer for, done for five hours is impossible to please God if faith is not in it. 
Coming to church every day is impossible to please God if faith is not in it. It means all our actions are actually not pleasable to God when there is no faith. It is impossible. And then he said, for he that cometh to God must not, it's not a conditional statement here, must believe that one, he is, and two, he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of them that, now, look at me. I need you to understand something. When he said he that cometh to God, he's not saying, he's not talking about what we know. Because some, some people who understand a certain level of uh, our relationship with God will say, uh, but we are with God. But he's saying he that cometh to God. So he that cometh to God here, is, he's not talking about spiritual stuff, um, physical stuff. Because if I tell you he that cometh to God, it's like you say, okay, I'm going to God. But you know you are not going to God. God is there. But he that cometh to God is when you come to God to reason together with him. He's in the realm of knowledge. He that comes, that approaches God. The same way he said to you, approach the throne of grace. It does not mean you don't carry grace. But there is a level of knowledge that causes you to approach. That means you can be close. You can be where God is, still very far from him. Because you have no knowledge. God can be in this room and he is here. And yet some people are very far from what he can do. Very far from what he can do. So it's not about proximity. And he said, look, if you want to approach me, there is something you need to settle. It's not something you come to me and be before you start settling it. He said, you must no, you must accept. You must believe that he is and is a rewarder. That means it's not something when we go to him, he says, Father, please, oh, I'm here. I'm not worthy to gather the crumbs under your table. I am... I'm a messed up son. Accept me back. Do you know what it means when he said, come boldly? They that know their shall be. How do you come boldly when you have no faith? You must believe. So we are not people that um, we are not people that are, you know, we are not sure what we are doing. Some of us, our prayer is out of hope. There is no conviction. Can I tell you the truth? You will grow to a point in your life when, where you approach God, not because you want him to do something. You approach him with the mindset he has already done it. You are going to him to now relate to him to see if he will reveal to you how he will do it. Not, the question is not, will God do it? 
The question is not, will God pay my rent? The question is not, will God pay my house rent, my school fee? The question is never that. A man of faith doesn't ask such questions. It's never the question. The question is, is God willing to tell me how he's going to do it? Or is he just going to keep me and allow me to receive it freely without even bothering my head? Relationship. But what happens? Our prayer lacks faith. How do I know I have faith? The joy. One of the best keys or key. Joy, peace, rest. Not when you hear preaching and then you are psyched up. Believe, yeah, I believe. Amen. If you live here, you receive a call. Depending on the level of call and who is calling you and what they told you, your faith moves from 100 to either 50, 70, 60. You know, that's why Paul, uh, James wrote and said, show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. You say you have faith? Yes. But show me yours. That means when you have faith, it must be expressible through works. What are the works? Believe. Because they ask Jesus, what works must we do? He said, only believe. It means that if God says to me, I'm going to open up a door for you tomorrow, there is a, there's a response you are going to see. If I truly believe it the way you will believe me if I make you a promise, the way you will respond, the joy you will have should be the response to show that you have faith. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. If you if you are believing God for a car, how many of you know God has given you a car already? He's not about to. You have a car. Somebody say amen to that. Uh -uh. The amen is not even strong. Now so the faith don't go down, Rich. Somebody say, I have my car already. You don't see it, but it's already there as part and parcel of your inheritance. It's the expression of your inheritance. It's just a matter of time. It depends how long. How many of you believe God can give you a car before this year runs out? In your head now, you say, hey, it's luxurious. If, if, if school bus is running every hour... If, 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 if school bus is running every hour, why, why must I have the... That's why we must finish by nine because of you to, to run after school bus. If you have your car, we can run service till 12 o'clock and be rejoicing. And be rejoicing. The reason some of us can walk under the sun and come to church on Sunday afternoon and go to sleep, I don't blame you. Because combination of heat from outside and AC from inside with fan blowing is a, is a very good combination for sleep. So I come on Sunday and I'm ministering. People are sleeping. I say, Father, forgive them for, for the sun has dealt with them. It's a cooling process. <laughs> cool, cooling. <laughs> 
Who is that? <laughs> Amen. All right. How many of you believe you have everything you, you need in Christ? What's your response? Joy. Even you are walking past Guinea Auto Gallery. Out of joy. Out of joy. When we were using, I don't know who were here with us, when we were using a small room upstairs, Martins, you were here. Some days when we see this place open, we will come down to this place. We will ask the owner, how much? Then we were paying 300 pounds up there. How much for us to take this place? 1,500 pounds. We said, <laughs> this was happening like five years ago. We said, okay. And then, you know, me, Mattis, and some of them, then we will go around here, this place. We say, hey. You know, it was challenging. It was challenging. Until one day, after service, I was driving out. And God said to me, you can have this place. There was a joy that came with that one. There was a joy. And I said, hey, we are getting this. Call the owner. Say, we are taking this. OB, 300 pounds. You cannot even, you people are struggling to pay me every time. You want to, I said, don't worry, sir. And we were maybe 30 then. 30 serious students, 30. You know what I mean by serious students, 30. Who will pay? Where will it come from? But if your faith is not enough to be expressed by an unusual works, is a faith that is dead. What is that thing you are believing God for? Is it provoking you to take steps? Is it provoking joy inside of you? This is very important. Now, we've not started though because we are talking about this concept of faith here. Now, he said, a year a man says, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I'll show thee my faith by my works. Go to verse 19. He said, thou believest that there is one God. Okay, let's not talk about this. Even the devil believes. Ah, sir, but how do you say the Is It's not the Bible that said that. Do you know why the devil is running up and down today trying to get people to follow him to hell? Because he's a believer that one day judgment will come. He knows his end. Please, let's go back to Hebrews 11 verse 6. I want to show you something. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Oh my goodness. Okay. Hebrews 11 verse 6. He said, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe. 
that he is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Then the next verse. We are just going to take one example. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear and prepared an act to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and he became heir of righteousness which is by faith. Now, one day God came to Noah and said to Noah, Noah, look, I'm about to destroy the earth. Go build me an ark. Just the same way God will speak to you. The Bible did not say, and you know, God came as a human being to Noah. The same way God will speak to you. He spoke to Noah. Sir, I'm about to destroy the whole earth. Do you know that if Noah did not believe that word, he wouldn't have gone. The faith Noah had in that word made him to build an ark. Theologians will say 120 years. He built an ark for 120 years. That means if you met him building an ark and you ask him, Noah, why are you building this ark? He said, because God said to me he would destroy the earth. You say, Noah. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. You say, Noah, God told you that he would destroy the earth. And this is why you are building. And he was seriously building it. Can I tell you the truth? It could have, have taken him down long because only him believed in that project. Because I know some of you say, well, how, why would it have taken him that long? Only him believed in it. Because God only spoke to him. And the Bible said they mocked him. And like Jesus said, people were giving to marriages. People were enjoying. People were, people were living their lives. They said, this man is a fool. And if you met Noah and you asked Noah, how do you, what's the evidence of your faith? What is the proof that your faith is alive. He will show you the building of the ark. No sign yet. No rain yet. Nothing yet. Yet he was building the ark. When God speaks to you, what do you do? Show me your faith. God said you're going to be a great businessman. You are still doing... No. The evidence of your faith in what God said to you is not prayer. That is what is killing Africa today. We pray about everything. Everything we are praying. The nation is going down. The continent is not growing. We are praying. As if we wake up in the morning. <sighs> My teeth is, is smelling. Brush my teeth in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost, brush it now. Do you do that? 
If you do that the whole day, your, your, your mouth will be booming in the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm just telling you that. What do you do? After the karakata kata, papara, you will humbly go. Get your toothbrush. Get your toothpaste. Before you hear another story out there, you brush your teeth. We see our nation going down. We're only praying. Nobody's standing up to cleanse the nation. Nobody wants to go and run an election. What is the proof that we believe that Nigeria will change? Prayer? Has China prayed? Has Europe prayed? Prayer is just the starting point. Imagine if we meet our prayers with actions. Some people will sit down praying for Father. Immediately I finish, Lord, I want to work in an oil company. Oil company, sir. In the name of Jesus. Give me an oil company. Every day, Fasting and prayer, all your company. An unbeliever somewhere has gone to the government sourcing to get permission to open an oil well. While the one that is praying to work in an oil company is praying. Somebody who is not pray, uh, praying but knows his ways are trying to get an oil, uh, trying to get an oil well. Then gets the oil well, creates the company, and then answers the prayer. Ah, it's well with you. Who is saying that? I hope we are safe. Uh, so we don't administer. Now, let me say this. Faith must have a response. Are you getting this? show me the fact show me the proof it's right there in scriptures God said to Abraham there is a place I'm sending you leave your father leave your mother leave your whole family and the Bible said and Abraham went not knowing whence he goeth imagine somebody saying to you leave not Cyprus now if you met Abraham and you asked him, Oh God, where are you going? He said, God said to me to go. I know, sir. But where? The expression of faith makes you look foolish in the eyes of the wise in the world. That's why if I tell you now to go and check how much they sell cars, it looks foolish. Somebody will say, wait until you have the money. Even God himself operates by faith. God will send a man to a nation to change the nation. He has faith that that man will be able to do that. He has faith that people are going to listen to the man speak. 
the reason here is that we are double-minded. Like many of you now, your faith is being encouraged while you are hearing this word. But immediately you leave here, what do you give access to? Before you know it, you are double-minded. And the danger of it is this. Jimmy, should I continue? Mm, so you don't come after me. Watch this. James 1 and verse 6. Please, I want you to follow me, please. This, this one is very sweet. Please follow me. Now, this is a principle of asking. He said, let him ask what? In faith. Not what? Doubting. Let him. That means everything you are doing. Ask in faith. He said, let him ask in faith. Not, nothing withering. For he that withereth is like what? A wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. That means you are up. You are down. And then look at what he said next. For let not that man think he shall receive. Not that God will give, no. He shall. The reason you are receiving is that somebody has given. So when you don't have faith, you limit He said, let not that man think he shall receive anything. That means it will not matter all night prayer if there is no faith there. He said, have faith when you pray without doubting. Without doubting. Double-mindedness. Look at what he said in the next verse. He said, for, um, for a double-minded man is double-mindedness. Today your faith is high, tomorrow is low. The next day is quarter. That's why you can see people enjoy. If you're preaching your head out, your head is popping. You see people rejoicing by faith. You know, you see faith has built up in them. Then Monday evening, you, you get a message. So I don't know what is going on in my life. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. While I was preaching, you were doing head like this. Let me not act like a gamma. <laughs> but, hmm. Powerful. Awesome. How come you are not able to sustain? Your ways. He said, let don't let that. That man should not deceive himself. Let him not think he shall receive anything. This is the biggest challenge we have today. And of course, we expose ourselves to so many things that will cause us not to have faith. 
Now, I want to share this. If you go to the same James 4, 8, James 4, 8, it said, draw near to God and I will draw near to you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So you can see that though we are one with God, there is a system of drawing near. Then look at what he said. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. So he's talking about sinners here. Then purify your heart, ye what? Those who will not have faith. Purify your heart. How? Your word have I hidden in my heart. So I will not sin against it. He said, purify your heart, ye double-minded. Now, can I ask a, a, a question I asked in the beginning? How many of you are believing, you are believing God for something, but you are not bothered about it? You have joy, you have peace, everything is settled. You are acting on it, you believe God for it. Everything is smooth. Lift up your hands. The hand has reduced. Faith must be found in everything you do. Now the question is, why is it that the Bible said it's impossible to please God without faith? Romans 14, 23. Please don't be shocked with what you're about to see. Romans 14, 23. Are you there? And he that doubted, double mind, is damned if he eats. Because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith. For whatsoever. Imagine all night prayer wallowing in sin. If you know God very well, hmm, there are things that should not be moving you. People coming to you say, I pray for three days. <laughs> you know, these are things we used to boast when we were in secondary school. We don't look for things like that. We look for substance. Faith is the substance. We don't look for... I'm not impressed. You can be in church every Sunday. I'm not impressed. Faith. He said, when God comes, when Christ comes, will he find faith? It's faith. He said, whatsoever that is without faith. Powerful statement. So the sin of a believer is not necessarily what we call sin. Lack of faith. Lack of faith. Now, I need you to understand something here. Let me explain these scriptures. I want to send you forth to go read it in contest. But here, Paul was talking about 
people that eat meat and some people that decide not to eat meat and some people that keeps a particular day holy and some that decide not to keep a particular day holy. He was just saying everybody should do everything according to their level of faith. If you believe that eating meat is good for you and you have faith that is good for you, go ahead and eat it, not minding what Pastor B says. If you believe that eating banku at night is good for you, go ahead and eat but where it has become sinful for you is that when you now do the banco and you're eating it, hey, Papa said, though, that um, this banco we are eating at night is not good for you. It's, it's not good, but we must chop. When you start like that, it's sin. Because your heart is already condemning you in what you approved. So if you want to eat banku, I beg, Papa, don't talk in your own. My faith is at work here. I'm telling you the truth. You, are not, you did not sin. Because you are moving by your own conviction. Somebody say amen, please. So, you can read that scriptures in full. If you want, we can read it in full. Hmm? You want us to read it in full? Okay. Go back to 15, verse 15. Go to verse 15. But if, my, if thy brother be... Okay, let's go to verse 10. Okay. Go to verse 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother? And why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. As it is written, I, I live, said the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Keep going. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God follow. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore but judge this rather. For those, who, you know, there are people who are rising today who believe they have a ministry of judgment. Telling who is a man of God, who is this one, who is you know. But judge this rather that no man shall put what? A stumbling block on an, or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Do you know that if I rise today to talk about a man of God, there are people, their faith will be affected. I've destroyed another person's faith. Because I want to set a record straight. Uh -uh. It's God that will purify his church. The Lord knows those who are his. Verse 15. Okay, go back, go back. 
I know and I'm persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. You know, I've never preached these scriptures in church. Very strange. I'm, I'm not going deep with these scriptures. Because these scriptures can equip you to do because once your head tells you it's not wrong. <laughs> hey, yo, 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 yo. You hammer, you hammer FX, FX, FX. <laughs> the Bible says, let the king drink and forget his, his sorrow. I believe in the word of God, my dear. What are they preaching there? Very, very strange scriptures. Let's, let's keep going. If thy brother be grieved with thy meat, Please go back verse 14. Let's read this very well. I know and I'm persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth any day to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Okay? But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not in love. Can you see that? Now, what it means is this. There are certain things that we believe they are not wrong. But the truth of the matter is, if you do it because you know it's not wrong, but somebody whose faith is weak sees you doing that and is affected, then you are not walking in love. For example, can you come? I can hold this sister's hand like this. There is nothing wrong holding her hands. And I can hold her hands like this and go to city center. There's nothing wrong. But in North Cyprus, I cannot hold this sister like this and walk on the streets. Even some of you, when you hear the story, you won't be here again next Sunday. I'm, but that's just the truth. Ah, we saw Pastor B. No wonder that sister is always sitting in front. No wonder. This is how they deceive us. Not Cyprus. You have to understand these scriptures very well. To me, holding hands and walking on uh, is not wrong, but I will not do it. Somebody saw me on the road and stopped. He said, I want you to take me. I said, What's the route? He told me the route. I said, That route is a dangerous route. I said, take money. But, uh, 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 taxis are passing here. He says, sir, but you don't want to take me. He said, you don't understand. I said, you don't understand. No Cyprus is not like that. You are new here. Are you new here? I said, you are, you are new with us. You just joined us. You don't understand how it works here. You drive and pass people. They say you are proud. You drive and carry people. They say he's carrying. money, I say, my dear, taxis are passing here. Just enter taxi. <laughs> you are new here. You will not understand. <laughs> now, what? Let's, let's finish this. Let's finish this. If, but if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou in love, destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. So, 
while you are doing it, consider those who are of weak faith. Okay, so I'm not going to do it not because there's anything wrong. I'm not going to do it because there is somebody that could see it or hear about it and their faith will shake. Let not then your good be have to be careful. Have to be careful. Let's keep going. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Verse 18. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Verse 19. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith one may edify another. For meat destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure. But it is evil for the one that eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbled or is offended or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he has allowed. Then 24, 23. And he that doubted is damned if he eats. Because he eateth not of faith for whatsoever. Powerful stuff. I think I have to hold it here. Uh, so much to digest. Can I tell you the truth? Nothing is wrong with your relationship. Nothing is wrong being with somebody. But when that relationship is affecting your faith, it has become sinful to you. And if your relationship is encouraging some weaker faith people to do something they shouldn't do, then you are not working with these scriptures. You may say, it's my decision. But from these scriptures, we can understand that our decision is not just for us. Before we make decision for us, we need to understand the impact of our decision on every other person. I remember when we did, when we did graduation, first graduation, masters, 
you know, they do graduation party. So GAU, everybody, we came out, everybody sat. During Masters 2009. And everybody sat. Every table, they, they served them champagne. Everybody was drinking champagne. They served me champagne. I took the cup and I saw pictures. It, so people were watching. Mm -hmm. Is it gonna? Everybody was drinking. They were drinking. Me, I know they celebrate my own. Even I see how they are looking at me. Papa, did you really drink it? Uh, 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 did, you, did you? I took the cup. Thank God I, I knew of these scriptures early. I took the cup. I looked at it. I used to I told my friend, this thing you people drink. Because I've already looked around and I saw that every, every, and I dropped it. And I remember my friend asked me then, he said, why did you not? I said, testing it will not make me a sinner. But there are people here who they are only, they, the only approval they are looking for now is to see me do it. And they will never recover from drinking. The only approval I said, no. I said, if my action, I'd rather not do it. There are certain things I will not do, not because there's anything wrong in it, but simply because. You know, I, I, I was discussing with the leaders. I said, if, you know, Sometimes some of them want to use that to ask me if I'm in a relationship. You know, I said to them, I will not even tell you. You know, people assume I'm not, or people assume I'm not, because I've not posted anything online. And I'm never going to post or not post. <laughs> you understand? Because if I say I am, let's say, for example, I am, and I post this thing automatically all these small small children papa now is in a relationship we must now be in a relationship and if I'm preaching now say don't be in a relationship say, hey hey see this man no hey, the, one, the one of this man no you are enjoying your relationship you are preaching to us not to be in a relationship so my lips better keep people saying, is it? Is it not? Is it? Is it not? Is it? Amen. 